AthensAthens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs podcast. The Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast from Online Athens. It's Mark Weiser, UGA beat writer with Ryan Dennis, sports editor. And uh, we, Ryan, I don't know if you're keeping this count. I know you probably have a calendar every morning you wake up mm-hmm. and take a number off. We're 80 days now until Georgia Clemson, September 4th in Charlotte. Yeah. I saw, you know, uh, I see a lot of tweets where people put the number on, uh, on how many days and what player and whatnot. And we were... Dang it. I can't remember his name. Uh, great career, number 80. Called uh, the big touchdown pass against Auburn. Uh, Corey Allen, right? Does that sound right? Okay, wait, what about him? <laughs> He's number 80. We're 18 days away from... Uh, from uh, ah, the numbers. Yeah, okay. All there right. you go. I got you. Well, uh, yeah, Georgia Clemson, uh, and we are recording this on Wednesday morning. So if you're listening to this Thursday, it's 79. It's It's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Georgia has a new track coach. We will talk about that college football playoff since we last um, podcast has announced that they are moving closer to a expanded playoff going from 4 to 12. Uh, the U.S. Open Golf is this week, and Ryan Topgolf mm-hmm. is coming to Sanford Stadium. Uh, have you lined up your, your time, your little slot to go uh, show your accuracy? <laughs> so, no, I haven't yet, but a buddy of mine won a, uh, a free bay or something, maybe a bay for two at the thing through a uh, local restaurant uh, thing he entered and, and won. So, you know, if I get the invite from him to come on out, I might head out there and aim at one of the things i saw some pictures it, it looks kind of cool doesn't it yeah how much time do you get if you you spend the, what is it 80 bucks 100 bucks i don't know 80 i think it's yeah 80 bucks a is it a person I don't, or no. is it per bay oh i'm guessing it's per person i don't know yeah yeah well you know it, the real top golf no, I don't, is 40 dollars per on, hour go look on georgia dog how much is it 40 40 per yeah. hour yeah per go, go look on georgia dogs or something because I, I don't know exactly how much it is um but yeah, I mean they've been doing it at, at various sports venues all over the country. I think we saw University of Florida had it at the Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, whatever. Uh, and uh, I think some colleagues of ours were out there doing it. I, I think they should give the media their own bay. How would you be at golf? I mean, would you swing and miss, or would you like hit one, you know, Bubba Watson style over the over the east end of the end zone? Very good at the mini golf. If you get me that, you give me that the <laughs> little windmill, yeah, and you'll be nailing it. Give me the windmill. Give me uh, you know various uh, op- uh, obstacles to have to kind of navigate around. Uh, I, I'm good at it. Um, now the funny thing to me though is you know you have spots you have to hit. So are you, is everybody only given like a pitching wedge? And I mean because instinct to me would be you want to hit the hell out of it and just you know fly it over the railroad tracks there on the east campus don't know uh you do a little report you get back to us on that um 
look, we're going to talk about uh, the new track coach, Carol Smith Gilbert, uh, but we're also going to kind of spin that forward and uh, rate Georgia's current stable of coaches uh, on three uh, different measurements, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. We're going to hit every sport at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Ryan, uh, Eric Gilbert, Darian Kendrick, and Tyke Smith are now officially in the fold. Georgia has updated their roster. I guess they did this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's official. Uh, waiting and seeing on Brandon Turner. I was say, you did notice that he wasn't on that roster, didn't he? You? He was not on. Now, Tyke wasn't on the roster initially either, and then we kind of in, inquired and said, uh, hello, uh, what's going on with him? And, <laughs> and then, lo and behold, he popped up a few minutes later. Uh, now, and I get it if they just wanted to get Gilbert and Kendrick's name in there because they had just uh, matriculated to the University of Georgia. Uh, Turnage... Um, is not on campus as far as we know. I mean, he, it's it's kind of in limbo whether... I was going to say, what's the saga there? You know, I mean, I talked to his high school coach. I, I guess we talked about that maybe in the last podcast uh, and, uh, you know, said he was um, unhappy, I guess, with some things and you know, might have something to do with, you know, Kendrick uh, oh, yeah. coming in. I, I'm not sure. You know, maybe we'll learn a little bit more about that the next time. Uh, look, I mean, he wasn't the type of piece that you expect out of a Tyke Smith or Darian Kendrick, which, you know, you can pencil those guys in as starters. Turnage had a chance to earn playing time in a starting position, but we'll see how that uh, plays out. Doesn't this set up for typical Georgia where, you know, they'll play in the 2023 SEC championship and he'll have like three interceptions or something to beat Georgia. I mean, if, following Georgia long enough, that's the type of stuff that happens to the Bulldogs. Is what, that what are you saying? He's going to he's going to, have to go back to Alabama or something yeah. and and then kill the kill the Bulldogs in the SEC championship. Mm, I'm, I mean, they got Keely Ringo. They got some other guys that are you know going to be really good going forward. So um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. All right. We talked about the playoff expanding. Uh, you know, this is still a couple of years away in terms of when when it will be. Um, you know, twelve uh, that season. Right now, we're stuck with four still. You know, for this year and next, it looks like. Um, Ryan, is Georgia a lock now to get in the playoff every year? Yeah, I mean, you would think so. Going on where they finished the past uh, three or four years under Kirby, where they've you know been one win away from from being in the four so if you if you give them uh you know a chance to to play a sec championship game and you know come out on the on the wrong side of it but in a hard-fought game yeah you you think they were one of the best uh five six seven teams in the in the country so uh and this what kirby's been talking about ever since uh, they started scheduling the oklahomas the uclas the clemson's way out the uh who else is on that uh ohio state at some point you know he, he said over and over again that he knew or expected the the football playoff to expand to 12 or more teams and he felt that that would put george in a position where you know even if they lost those games hey they played some tough opponents and it was going to put them in a position to be you know one of the top 10 teams every single season by playing a challenging uh schedule instead of playing the uab a uh, louisiana lafayette you know two times a year and uh might not be looked as uh, highly upon by the committee Georgia was uh, number nine at the uh, final playoff rankings this past season. Seven and two did not make the SEC championship game. Uh, one spot below Cincinnati, one spot ahead of Iowa State. Um, you know, 
would they have made the playoff then? Uh, you know, would the rankings have been different if the committee is knowing that, uh, you know, it's not just window dressing, that, that these teams, uh, you know, that are down in the 8 to 13, 14 range mm-hmm. uh, have some major implications? Hard to tell. It appears that the top four will get a bye. Do you think that's a, a good call to to – it, it kind of values that those top four spots still, don't you think? Well, it's the the – four highest-ranked conference champions are going to get buys. So, um, you know, you could have um, – if Georgia – let's say Alabama was one and Georgia was ranked four, mm-hmm. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia yeah. wouldn't get that buy. Um, well, that's going to be a debate too. I mean, like, is uh, what if it's a, let's say, number – number eight ranked Texas that would get in out of the big 12 instead of, uh, you know, the fourth ranked Georgia. I mean, that's, that doesn't seem right either. Does it? Well, I mean, that's the system that, that they are. I mean, it, it's not rubber stamped yet. It still has to go through, you know, some other, uh, you know, before it becomes a final that they, they got to have other people approve it, you know, yeah. go to the presidents and chancellors and, and that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, that's, you know, I don't think people are going to complain about it. And the SEC is going to end up getting two or three or maybe even four teams yeah. in some years. Um, you're going to have uh, teams 5 to 12, seeds 5 to 12, will play uh, first-round games on campuses. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, look, so if Georgia's, uh, you know, would have been fourth in the rankings, but then is not one of the uh, the highest ranked conference champions. Maybe like get a f- host of twelve as a five seed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we're talking. I mean, Georgia played some December games this year, right? Wasn't uh, what was that? Uh, Mississippi State was that was November. November. Was that the last home game? I guess it might have been. I'm trying to think because the Vandy game got moved and it was supposed to be the last. Yeah, home so, but, game. but Georgia, Georgia played in, Georgia played in Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, like the 12th or something of December. Yeah, played maybe played South Carolina on the fifth. I think it was maybe. I can't remember now, but yeah, it, it all runs together. But yeah, I know they're supposed to have that. Uh, kind of early to mid-December game against Vandy that got, they got canceled. So maybe they didn't play a home game. In, in no, they didn't have a home game. But uh, look, uh, how would you feel about, say, uh, Georgia and um, – I'm just looking at the uh, – how about like a Georgia-Coastal Carolina first-round oh, game? Oh, God. I mean, that'd be fun. You think so? I mean, Coastal, Coastal was an interesting team last year. Well, I mean, they that's, were, but I don't think look, that's what the committee has in mind. I mean, we, to co- me, you'd, you'd uh, let's go Miami. Uh, you know, uh, a Miami coming in as a twelve, or heck, even a uh, I don't know Minnesota. You know, Michigan, Michigan State, somewhere well, in I mean, there. You, that, you're going to have these teams that you're not used to seeing in the playoff. Uh, that's the point of this: is to be able to expand it enough to include more than just the, the power teams that you're familiar with. Uh, you know, so, well, here's what, so a Cincinnati would have got in last year, an Iowa State. Yeah. maybe you know even in indiana as an at-large big 10 yeah, team yeah here's what i don't get i mean why not make those i mean it's it's exciting that it would be at home stadiums of of teams but why not just incorporate those into bowl games you see what i'm saying so let's say that uh the the 512 game would be the belt bowl I mean, play that in Cincinnati. Have you been to a college football game at home? I mean, it's a lot more exciting yeah, than right, than right. the sterile bowl environments where you know. I mean, I guess the difference would be, the, the, you know, that would be a, a bowl game that would matter. But you'll see that in the next round, right? With the you know the four top seeds are going to be playing in bowl sites. And, now, will and, those be the four major ones, uh, and then they'll have uh, the semifinals as kind of its own thing that'll rotate. No, around I, I and, think it's just the finals that okay um, might be. 
the uh, you know the standalone game. I uh, a lot but, of questions. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as I I will. <laughs> You know, I, I think the Bulls, uh, you, there's a lot of talk about tradition. But, I mean, having traveled to Georgia Bowl games every year and, um, you know, seeing how the fan base feels about I mean, back-to-back Sugar Bowls when Georgia had nothing to play for in terms of, you know, I mean, that the Sugar Bowl wasn't what it was in, in 2000 and uh, what year was that, eight? With uh, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii was at seven, yeah, uh, eight. Yeah. I mean, it had lost a lot of the luster, and uh, you, you saw the some of the top players on Georgia opting out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the Peach Bowl was was better than the Sugar Bowl in terms of um, it seemed to have more juice to it, and, and maybe that's just because it was you know in the backyard in Atlanta, um, even though it was you know limited capacity. It was. It was. After after that Texas performance in the in the Sugar Bowl of nineteen, uh, no eighteen, uh, well technically nineteen. I mean, Georgia caught a lot of flack for not showing up to that game because they they felt like they were one of the four best teams. And uh, you know, <clears throat> then the next year, I, nobody in Georgia fans, uh, you know, in in the uh, in the Bulldog Nation, so to speak, really cared about that game, but the Bulldogs showed up so uh, and beat Baylor. But yeah, last year, uh, you know, with the odd circumstances of a season and, and playing, uh, you know, Cincinnati, I think they had something they wanted to prove, and so um, yeah, you know, getting back to the getting back to the playoffs, um, I, I think it will be exciting to to have at least one home game. Uh, you know, in Sanford Stadium, and uh, you know, something I was I was listening to the radio the other day. <clears throat> I believe Aaron Murray was on uh, some station on Sirius, and uh, was talking about what about what if Ohio State or a Michigan or heck, I don't know, a Washington hosts a late December game. That could be a huge advantage for a team like that. Give me Georgia playing a game, uh, you know, first round playoff game in Oregon. Give me Georgia playing a first round playoff game at Penn State. Give me Oregon. I mean, Georgia playing a first round uh, playoff game, uh, you know, at Michigan. I mean, those would not be good scenarios because Georgia would be the lowest seed and going on the road in terms of, you know, the fan base probably. Would, yeah. Which brings up the point. What would be, you know, obviously at Georgia now, you know, winning a national championship is kind of important uh but you know do you fire a coordinator or do you fire uh is a fan base unhappy i mean certainly missing a 12-team playoff is not going to sit well when you're georgia absolutely not yeah and getting bounced in the first round in a uh college football playoff if you're not one of the first four teams Mm -hmm. you know i mean let's say georgia made the playoff but never got to the semis for three straight years then that would be uh you know what's wrong with georgia why aren't they getting to the semis you know it's like it's a different can of worms but the point of this and and i know the the playoff people talked about this um 78 percent uh was the number that they threw out of the in the first seven years of the playoff have gone to five teams um so they're hoping, or they're not hoping, they're knowing that this is going to open the door for 
for more teams and uh, get used to uh, 16 and 17 game seasons for those that you know maybe make mm. a championship game and then uh, go on uh, to play one of those 512 games. What is one double A or whatever the what is it now the football? Uh, I think it's a 32 team bracket. But did but they only play ten regular season not, games. I think it was sixteen this past year. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's ten or eleven. So I yeah. mean, you're talking about a, a grueling season now for yeah. for a lot of teams. All right, let's uh, let's come back and talk about Georgia's new track hire, and also let's rank Georgia's coaches uh, on a uh, interesting scale that uh, we've come up with, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. All right, we're going to talk about uh, Georgia's coaches, including the new track coach. We can do a little ranking. Ryan, uh, U.S. Open is Thursday. You ever been to uh, San Diego? You ever been to I have never Torrey been. Pines? I've never been out that way. Um, but I do know it's beautiful out there. It is beautiful. I have gone, I think it was about three or four years ago, um, was in that area and took a look at the uh, course. Uh, very nice. Here are the... Uh, Odds for the U.S. Open. Guess which the Bulldogs. Uh, I think there's like eight in, in the field this this uh, yeah this week. Am I am I guessing the who has Just the guess, best odds? Who has the best odds? Yeah, Harris English. Incorrect. That'd be Bubba Watson. This is a quarter at 100 to one. Uh, it's plus 1800. Whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, this is from Bet uh, MGM. I'd put my money on Harris the way he's playing right now. Harris English is uh, plus. You know what? I think you're right, though. Thank now you. That it's it's kind of lined up a little bit strange in the order here, but Harris is plus 1,100, which mm-hmm. I guess is better than plus 1,800, isn't mm, that it? That is correct. Yep. John Rahm is your uh, odds-on favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, the important question I have for you is, uh, are you uh, Team Bryson, Shambla, <laughs> DeChambeau, <laughs> DeChambeau, DeChambeau, or, or? Kepka? Brooks Kepka. Yeah, you know, I don't really care. That whole thing's kind of uh, kind of silly to me. Uh, but yeah, if I was out there and had a few beers in me, I might holler Brooksy at uh, December after he bombed a 360-yard drive. A little pushback. If you're watching the Golf Channel this week, yeah. a, little, a lot of pushback at, at Kepka, kind of how he's uh, you know, bringing a lot of uh, hate towards Bryson. So the fellow golfers aren't necessarily, or at least these commentators are, weren't uh, digging it. But yeah, anyhow, yeah, I agree. All right, what do you make of uh, Georgia filling that uh, track and field job? Petros uh, Cipriano uh, is, uh, you know, we knew he was leaving Georgia, upset about facilities, uh, and they pretty much had a hire before he was gone, and they announced yeah. it Sunday. Um, she wins a national championship, Carol Smith Gilbert, on Saturday at about, I don't know, 6 or 7 p.m.-ish. And then uh, by, like, lunchtime uh, in Georgia, she's the Georgia head coach. Ryan, break it down. All righty. So she comes to Georgia from USC after having a – no, I I mean, obviously it's a splash hire by Josh Brooks. And, and, you know, a splash hire in a sense that you got maybe the best – possible option you could get for that you know position that uh sport you know it's not like going out and uh firing tom crean and bringing in uh coach k you know next year or something uh oh he will be available coach k. <laughs> exactly um it's either him or uh, roy from uh, north carolina uh but i mean it, you lose a guy that that turned the program around in a sense in in petros and uh you know has that thing going in the right direction and you want to keep it going in the right direction. And you mentioned in, uh, you, you know, a story you did the other day 
about Josh Brooks and his love for for track and field. So obviously it was something close to his heart. I think uh, you know he wanted to go out hire somebody that he felt could keep that upward trajectory and maybe even take it to the next step. Now, the promises that come with that, she made it sound like he said there's going to be, you know, upgrades in facilities. Well, I mean... Well, I know. Not not, not anytime, like, tomorrow or anything. I mean... But that's, you know... I don't, th- I don't think it was as big a deal for her. And, and, I mean, you know, Petros talked about an indoor track, right? Yeah. I guess, you know, when I'm, when I'm reading what you're... you're putting down there it's like he's got to be sitting there next door at the track facility watching just millions and millions and millions be poured into the football program which a, pl- a place like georgia is going to do that and wondering hey what can't we get right three million just to add a a, a better locker room or something so whether well, i mean indoor track is not three million but i mean they no, are no, get, no, no, no. they're I'm just saying they're getting a, a new locker room they're getting new coaches office but they're kind because, of repur- repurposing yeah, football hand yeah. down yeah. right yeah. hand me down um but i mean i don't even know where you'd think about putting an indoor track facility uh it almost have to be uh millage on millage where they've talked for years about putting a baseball stadium yeah. and what else would go over there uh you know just to kind of have a an, its own right. uh uh athletic facility kind of over there near softball and, and soccer and all this is the first time that a woman uh, will be the head coach of a men's team at georgia um i mean i didn't even think about it even when i you know I read it in the press release and I was like, oh yeah, okay. Um, I mean, that doesn't strike me as, uh, you know, a huge deal. Um, I mean, I guess there is significance to a certain extent, but look, Jack Bowerly is eventually going to retire as swim coach. And I mean, would there be a women's coach coaching the men? Possibly. I mean, I don't know exactly who they might have in mind, but uh, I mean, I think in those sports, you know, Mm -hmm. there is uh, acceptance that, um, look, you have Don Staley uh, mentioned as an NBA head coaching candidate. Now you have the uh, Becky Hammond, yep, right? Yep, yep. I mean, so it's that's the way the world's going. I mean, if you can coach, you can coach, and um, you know these the men's and women's teams uh, on the track side, uh, as well as you know men's and women's tennis. I would guess you know, there's probably a com- camaraderie uh, between these teams, and probably uh, you know it's. Uh, I don't think that that's a huge deal. Well, when it comes to track, I think you've. Uh, I I think of the track as a as a whole program. Yeah, men's and women's well, combined. Yeah, 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 so yeah. you'd hire a. Right. You know, if it was uh, right. uh, Joni Taylor moving over to coach men's basketball, right. Right. That's a yeah. that has a different uh, feel to it. All right. Well, um, Smith Gilbert's also, I, I think she's now the second blackhead coach along with Joni Taylor, as you just mentioned, at Georgia. And uh, I guess it's worth noting that uh, she will be coaching Arian Smith, the uh, All-American mm. sprinter who uh, also has another coach by the name of Kirby Smart. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Um, All right. And uh, he, I hope he knows what to do with that speed this year. Right? All right, let's rank now Georgia's coaches on this scale. Uh, and we'll go with Kirby Smart last. Ryan, I'm going to ask you uh, this to evaluate Georgia's coaches on this question. Have they overperformed, uh-huh. performed as expected, mm-hmm. or underperformed? All right. Here we go. Uh, we'll start with uh, baseball and Scott Strickland. That's overperformed, performed as expected, or underperformed. And I'm talking about during the, the uh, their run as the coach of that program. So seven years, right, for Scott Strickland. I believe he's or on... Just over six. I believe it's... Six or seven. He's on eight or nine. I'd go underperform. Um, I mean, it took five years to even get to a NCAA tournament, right? 
And then once they got there, they were a really good team, four seed, I think, and a seven seed or something like that, hosting Super Regionals. But what did they do? Or not Super Regionals, hosting Regionals. Couldn't even get to Super Regionals. So, uh, you know, he got a little bit, uh, I think the uh, the uh, scientific word is screwed last year by the COVID-19 pandemic when you had uh, Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox, you know, two stud pitchers and uh, didn't even get to use them uh, because the season ended uh, after 18 games. So I'd say underperform. All right, I'm going to have a little recency. Is it recency bias, that was called? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with as expected. Um, Look, he has no super regionals yet. Uh, He had two teams that were national seeds, and he couldn't get them out of the regionals. But some great regular seasons, and uh, there was a consistency. um, You know, even though they got left out this year, they didn't make it. uh, They had back-to-back NCAA tournament trips. So uh, it was, you know, under David Perno, there were some great seasons, some College World Series trips, but also some big dips where where, uh, things – uh, you know, losing records or uh, just just some some big drop offs. Um, it's you know I see where you're going, but I'm I'm going to say that and now another year where you're not in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know they need to crank it up. They need to get to super regionals. They need to get to Omaha. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up women's basketball. Joni Taylor. I'll go first, and then I'll let you uh, come with an answer. All right. I'm going to say as expected, and the reason I say that is no sweet 16s but trending up and a very good last year now took over a very successful program uh with andy landers but that program had declined as well uh under landers um they did have a a elite eight trip i believe it was i can't remember exactly the year 13 yeah maybe Mm um so you know that's where i'm and, and it's again you could go the other direction which i have a feeling you're going to well, see, this is tricky. I think you know my stance on uh, on Tony Taylor and great person, uh, you know, fans lover, players lover. But to me, I mean, the performance just hadn't been there. She's had two good seasons and they were four years apart. And even then, they didn't go further than the second round of the of the NCAA tournament. So. I'll go with you as as expected because it wasn't like she took over a a program that had come off of uh, you know four straight Final Fours or anything. So she's continued about where it was under Andy Landers when he left, but I still don't think that she's taken it to where it needs to be yet. All right, next up is the other basketball program that would be men's basketball. Tom Crean is the coach entering his fourth season. Uh, no way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to say he's underperformed. Uh, there's been excitement in his first couple of years. Fans showed up to Stegman. You had the number one overall draft pick in Anthony Edwards. But the roster turnover and now, uh, you know, barring some unforeseen, it looks like, you know, the program is probably not in position to make it to an NCAA tournament. And that would be four straight years without making it. Uh, 2015 was the last year Georgia did make it uh, under Mark Fox. So uh, obviously uh, it looks like an underperformance. I mean, 100%. You know, you you look at this past off season and it's been hectic and, and not, not good in any sort of way. You lose your three, four five top guys, you know, transfer out, you bring in a few, but none of them really move the needle. Well, n- not a few. They brought in 10 <laughs> in terms of transfers. It's like six or seven. Right. Well, exactly. But you know, you lose your, your three best players, including Xavier Wheeler, who goes to Kentucky and another KD that goes to, uh, Auburn. Uh, and you had Anthony Edwards, the number one pick, and likely Rookie of the Year. Has that already been named? I don't know if he's – you know, I did see um, 
what was it? oh uh, the ESPYS came out with their nominations, which you know I just kind of peruse it to see if there's a Georgia guy on there. There is a Georgia guy on there. You want to guess who it is? You'll never guess. Uh, give me a sport, maybe would that be too? It's Bill Goldberg because there's like the best wrestling moments, and apparently he had someone that like because he came back, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, anyway, getting back to Tom. All right. Well, here's, uh, well he, no, did, no, he, he didn't do it. He didn't do anything. Well, look, here's what I'm saying. Anthony Ed, Edwards was not on that list, but Lamelo Ball was. Mm. So I don't know if he's going to get. It'll be interesting whether he's going to get the. Um, yeah. The uh, wait, which which ball? Lamelo's the guy in Charlotte, right? He's got a brother also. Yeah. Lamelo's the one in Charlotte, right? Now I gotta have to Google this. Yeah. 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 He's the uh, the youngest of them all. All right. All right, uh, equestrian. Don't know exactly too much about the sport. I do know that they just won the national championship. I'm going to say overperform uh, with Megan Boning because that team is always in the uh, you know top uh, four, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Ryan, breakdown equestrian. I mean, <laughs> a lot of jumping, a lot of uh, trotting, uh, but I mean, to me, they've always they've been successful for years and years. I mean, it's almost like you just say that they performed as expected because their expectations are so high and they keep meeting them. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll go with perform expected which is also kind of an overperformance because they're so good so. hey i l- learned on the today show uh, this morning that yeah, i was uh, watching that too that bruce springsteen's daughter is a possible uh, i e- saw that i e- couldn't believe it e- i knew i knew she was into equestrian but i didn't know that she might make the team so he said she's very close and you know i thought he'd give the old answer of ah yeah she uh not that good you know but he didn't all right, women's golf. Josh Brewer is, uh, or the NCAA championships this year uh, didn't uh, perform very well there, but did win their uh, regional to get there. Um, it's an underperform. It's a category. Uh, the team has not had good postseason success uh, under Brewer. This was a, a move up, so maybe that bodes well for the future. But uh, overall, uh, I'd say underperform. Yeah, we've had this discussion quite a bit, <laughs> and. Uh yeah, I think they, they continue to underperform because there's, there's going to be uh, high expectations for UGA golf. And uh, especially when you have three or four amateurs, you know, girls that play, you know, highly in the amateur level, uh, like the Masters women's amateur, uh, Augusta National, I guess, women's amateur. And then they don't exactly turn it on. So under. Gymnastics, Courtney Coupets Carter. Uh that program obviously has a great tradition under Suzanne Yachlin, um, and it hasn't uh, had the success uh, that people had hoped for when Coupets Carter was hired. I think she represents the program well and, uh, you know, is, uh, uh, you know, kind of a star as a coach in terms of uh, people recognize her, they know her in the sport, but the team hasn't, um, you know, hit that level uh, that you expect Georgia gymnastics to hit. So you have to put that in the underperform category. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's along the Joni Taylor line, right? I mean, they have good teams They're they, you know, they're not, they're not the bottom feeders by any means, but it's not that level that Georgia once has been, you know, what 10 national titles or whatever. And, um, I don't know why uh, she can't, you know, recruit on the level of an Oklahoma and, and the likes and, uh, you know, bring that kind of uh, that tradition back to, to UGA as a powerful school. But she hadn't done it yet. So uh, I'd say it's underperforming given the standard that George is at. Now, she was hired. Um, the program had took, taken a dip already under uh, Durante. Durante. And then Jay Clark was the coach after mm-hmm. uh, Yachlin. Now, Jay Clark, a little gymnastics nugget for you. He, I just saw yesterday he had hired uh, a former Georgia gymnast on his staff, uh, Courtney McCool. 
Yeah. Um, so is he the head coach now down there? He's the head coach. Boudreaux or whatever she finally had, retired? She retired, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, and he's not only did he, uh, what would you say, plucked her uh, away from, from wherever she was at, but he's gotten a few uh, Georgia, like, local gymnast yeah. down that way as well. All right, swimming and diving. Jack Bowerly, a longtime head coach. Um, they haven't been, uh, you know, winning national championships in recent years like like they did, uh, you know, for, for uh, a good bit during his time. But um, I'm going to say still perform as expected. Uh, the program still is um, kind of a powerhouse program. If you watch the U.S. Olympic trials this week, NBC's been airing it, uh, the qualifying races. I mean, uh, virtually every other race type deal you're seeing georgia swimmers um you know wearing the the g on their caps and funny uh, thing the other day i think it was Haley flicking yeah 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 she had the arizona State right cap, right? i guess what they do now is that if you're training uh, in arizona or training somewhere else you actually have some non-georgia athletes that are training in athens with the georgia cap on very it. interesting yeah um, now i wonder if they're training with jack like in his little private uh yeah the, he, pool. Might be, he might be he might be i had to talk to him several times last year yeah. as uh, COVID yeah. began and he was like well we're keeping our training going well, I mean, at my uh, whatever yeah, pool over I, and walking I mean, I don't know exactly now but I mean because you know I, I imagine they would have yeah, the ability yeah. to get into right, the, right. the pool at Georgia yeah but yeah it's uh obviously individuals are, are churning out and have it Olympic hopefuls um and and you know the, the teams are and I think the men have overperformed uh recently because uh, they've always kind of been second fiddle to yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I needed to pr- break that down into men and women. I was just thinking more about the coach. No, I agree with you. Yeah, okay. Uh, soccer, Billy uh, Lesesne. Lesane. Okay. Um, I'm guessing. I've never really heard it said. He has, uh, I think they had a better year this year. Um, you know, it was, it was a kind of divided season where they had a non-conference season in the springtime. Um, but it hasn't been a great program in terms of uh, traditionally. So it's not like he took over a program like Yachlin and gymnastics right. that had won a bunch. But still, I would put him in the underperformed category because the team has not had um, any level of sustained success. I'm going to go with uh, performance expected, like you had mentioned. I mean, there was no expectations for this program. And uh, was it last year they finished sixth in the SEC and uh, nearly knocked off somebody big at the SEC tournament? Of course, they got Chloe Chapman, you know, playing uh, soccer and and, uh, the point guard on the basketball team. Yeah, she didn't play that much basketball down the stretch as far as as I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, But on the soccer field, she might be their best player. So, you know, it's hard to – especially this past year to to really break down soccer the way, like you mentioned, it was divided up. So – uh, I'll just say that he's done about as expected. Men's tennis, Manny Diaz, also another long, long time coach. Um, they surprised and made the quarterfinals this year. Um, now we're going on tenure. And they dipped. Uh, we're, a, go, we're going on their com- entire portfolio here. Yep. They dipped uh, the last several years before that in terms of didn't get out of the, the first couple rounds of the tournament and obviously had some off-field issues. I'm putting him in the as-expected category uh, because Dan McGill, uh, you know, in that program was obviously uh, at a very high level. And Diaz obviously has won multiple national championships. Uh, so, um, you know, 
as expected. I'll go overperformed. I mean, you don't know what a guy's going to do when he takes over a program, but he kept it at peak level. Well, I'm not, I'm not really looking back 20 years, but yeah. Well, I'm looking back 30. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah. But I mean, you know, the, some of the, the greats he's brought through and uh, obviously John Isner being... Uh, I guess I'm not doing a career like snapshot. <laughs> I'm, I'm but anyway, I'd say, I'd say he's overperformed. Yeah, you're probably right in the past four or five years probably underperformed as far as Georgia uh, coach or tennis goes. Right. But um, I'll say he's overperformed. All right. Women's tennis, Jeff Wallace. Um, they made the national finals uh, the last season that there was a tournament before this one. And then COVID, obviously no tournament uh, this year. Uh, kind of a disappointing postseason because they got bounced in the uh, round of eight uh, or the finals of eight. Um but great regular season, uh, won the SEC tournament and regular season championships, if I remember correctly. Um, I'm going to put Jeff Wallace in the tennis, women's tennis in the overperform category. Yeah, I mean, he's been exceptional. I think he's the all-time winningest coach in uh, women's tennis. Yeah, yeah active, I believe that. Active. Was it 30 years? Is that what it is? Yeah, not something like that. Um, yeah, I'll go overperformed. And while we're plugging things here. Don't uh, mention Jared Wallace. Jared Wallace, <laughs> uh, story on onlineathens.com. See about him uh, going for the Paralympics this weekend. All right, softball, uh, we're going to just talk about the program because um, Lou Harris Champer, which I, I, I obviously we probably should have mentioned that that's happened since the last time. Uh-huh. She has uh, retired. That was a surprise. Uh, I think she's um, 50. She's in, in her mid, uh, early to mid 50s, um, but has been the coach here for 20-ish years and um, made it to a bunch of NCAA tournaments in a row with something like 18 and Several college world series. five women's college world series. Um, so I'm going to say now I, I say that she's the regular season. This has been a postseason team more than a regular season team. Yeah. Uh, you know, this was not a good regular season. They lost seven in a row to end it and something like 13 to 15. Uh, I'm going to say softball is performing uh, as expected. Um, you know, making it to a finals would be terrific for this program, and the next coach will have that chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're talking about some facility upgrades there as well. I'd say uh, I'd go overperformed here as well because, <clears throat> excuse me, she she built a pretty pretty solid solid program. Do we know I mean, any in- inclination of which way she might go or that they might go with this hire? I mean that uh, that's that's another big big time hire. I mean you might pilfer somebody from a pr- pretty you know big time school to to come in uh for for that position but you know she mentioned family right i think she has two uh twin daughters who are about to graduate or they're close to graduating high school so maybe she wanted to spend more time see you know what direction they go i know one's a really good swimmer uh, or maybe both are one's a really good runner uh so you know i i guess i can see where she's uh would like to spend more time with them all right track and feel uh Petros uh, is now out uh, on his own volition, seems like. Um, but he had a terrific run here at Georgia. At national championships in 2018 for the men and women, one in outdoors, one in indoors. Uh, overperformed that program. He lifted it to a new level mm-hmm. and uh, an expectation now that the new coach will have to stay at that level. Well, I can remember, you know, 10 years ago thinking, man, with all the athletes that Georgia has, like, it, you know, this track team not better. And, he definitely took them to that next level, and uh, you know they're they're not to the to the levels of the maybe Arkansas or something like that. But uh, I mean they're they're a team every year that you gotta you gotta season a handful of contenders for for national championships. And with the new coach coming in, I mean I see that only uh, remaining there. All right, 
uh, next one, we have Kirby Smart Last, uh, which is coming up very soon. Chris Hack and the men's golf team. Um, this is a program that churns out PGA Tour guys. As we mentioned, you're going to see eight of them uh, at the U.S. Open this week. Um, this is a tough one. Uh, you know, it's either an as expected or underperform in my mind because um, for all the talent that they send to the PGA Tour and you see on your on your TVs every Sunday, they are not having uh, you know as much success uh, in terms of winning championships uh, as you might expect. Ryan, I'm going to let you kind of uh, Break down determine that. I mean, I, I'm, on, I'm on the edge there. Uh, I'll say as expected. I mean. I think the the past few years has been underperforming. Um, you know, if you watch a, a golf tournament on the weekend, there, there's at least one or two former Georgia guys in contention. Now, what was it, 05 they won the national championship? And you look at that team, and it was stacked. So maybe that's what Georgia's been missing. They have one or two good players, kind of like a um, Davis Thompson this past year, Spencer Ralston. Uh, and they have Trent Phillips, too, three – top of the line guys you'd think they would maybe do a little better uh, at national tournaments but then you you see like in oklahoma state and i mean there's four or five guys that are, are at the top of the leaderboard with them that, that graduated from there so uh you know maybe they need to just piece together a full five person team of studs and then they can get back on that national prominence 2005, Georgia won the national title. Last 2007, uh, they were runner-up to Stanford. And they were runner-up to Patrick Reed and Augusta State. Right, 2011 (laughs) runner-up. And that's the last time they made it to the final match. Um, Pepperdine Mm. is your winner Mm -hmm. this year, it looks like. Uh, All right, and last is football. Your coach is Kirby Smart entering the sixth year with the Bulldogs. Um, Look, this is a program under Mark Rick that uh, you knew was going to win 10 games uh, pretty much type of every year. Now they also had made it to the SEC championship game um, in 2011 and 12, back-to-back, lost them both. Um, And then you saw, you know, three years later, Georgia made a move. Kirby Smart came in. He's recruited at an incredibly high level. He's won three SEC East championship games, uh, or three SEC East divisions, made it to the championship game, made it to the college football playoff in 2017, an incredible Rose Bowl victory, walk-off by Sonny Michel. But he's raised the bar for himself and for Georgia. And, you know, there's there's a... uh, quite a uh, pressure to, to get back to the playoff, whether it's this year, I don't think it has to be, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to get in uh, w- with this level. And then when the playoff expands, I mean, with this level of talent, uh, I'm going to say Kirby smart is performing um, as expected. Uh uh, you know, some might say he's underperformed because he's not uh, taken this program to championships. Uh, he hadn't got back to the playoff, you know, the last three years, um, even though he has a roster that probably can match up with almost anybody except for Alabama. Uh, but he's the one that, that brought in that roster. You got to give him credit for that. Um, and he also has had Alabama standing at the way uh, in the way, obviously, uh, or LSU, um, you know, in Atlanta. I think Kirby Smart, uh, without a doubt, has overperformed. I mean, you got to put your expectations in check, right? I mean, I think I, I guess a lot of people thought that he was going to come in, take this team to a national title within three years. I mean, got him there the second year. 
But the way he's recruiting... I mean, that was an overperformance to get to the national was, championship game in 2000. But I think as a whole, with the recruiting... And, and when you take a step back and look at it, who has he you know, not beaten? It's, it's Alabama. And that's basically... You know, in LSU a couple years ago when they had one of the greatest teams of all time. South Carolina at home a couple years ago. (laughs) That was an underperformance (laughs) of all time. But overall, look, he has the Bulldogs knocking at the door every single year as one of the probably three or four top teams every year that you think has a chance to win it. Hadn't gotten over the Alabama hump. um, But my thing is that – Mark Richt, you know, one year might be playing for, you know, all the marbles, and then next year, you know, you're floundering around 8 to 10. You're not consistently in the top five every year like Kirby has them. So I'd say overperformed. He's got them right there knocking on the door and ready to, to win a national title. It hadn't happened yet, but, I mean, I feel like they're so much closer than they were under the last few years of Mark Richt. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, last season is almost a mulligan. I mean, you beat Cincinnati and you still finish, you know, very high in the rankings. Um, and and you forget the fact that, I mean, you lose to Florida and Jacksonville, but you get your quarterback situation resolved. And then Florida ends up, you know, fading down the stretch. And, and uh, you know, you bring in, you plug your holes in the recruiting uh, or on the transfer portal now and, uh, you know, Anything that, that, you know, that's all forgotten. I mean, that, that thing was turned around fast in terms of, uh, you know, you, you get the, the quarterbacks. That you, I mean, you, you go from, you know, how many different quarterbacks did you think you were going to have last year between mm-hmm. Jamie Newman, Dewan Mathis, Stetson Bennett, and, uh, you know, and now you have quarterbacks <coughs> lined up behind, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, JT Daniels uh, after this year. I say TBD on that, how long that line lasts. Though. Well, who's leaving? Uh, I'm going to go Gunner. Oh, you think he's not going to come to Georgia? <laughs> I mean, he might make it a year. I mean, I just nobody's going to come to to a place to sit behind somebody for. You're convinced that Brock will uh, hold on? No, off? no, I'm not. Right. But I mean, if you gave me a if you gave me a selection right now, I'd I'd pick Connor. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, interesting to see if anyone has any uh, different thoughts on on that. Uh, maybe Ryan will throw up a uh, a trivia question about uh, you know asking that question. Uh, you know. I wonder what so I the fan make a Twitter poll. Is yeah, what, what do you think? How do you think the fan base would would uh, react to that? Uh, what what are they reacting to? Kirby? No, I'm saying if you give them the three choices of has Kirby Smart? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, has right. he overperformed, underperformed, or performed as expected? What would you think they'd say? Uh, we'll find out. The thing is, again, you got different levels of craziness out there, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess it depends on which uh, which type of person you're talking about here. All right, that's it for this uh, podcast. Everyone have a great weekend. I say that it's only Wednesday as we record this. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, you might have some vacation days uh, coming up for uh, both of us here. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll catch you the next time we catch you. Uh, check uh, check your uh, Twitter feeds and your. Uh, your podcast uh, apps, and, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll hopefully talk to you uh, not too long away. But uh, everyone, have a great uh, summer as it kind of kicks in uh, full swing and everything. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you guys.